This is the Fatherhood Unlocked podcast, and my name is Dan Doty. I'm a father of three, an outdoorsman, and a meditator, and supporting dads to be the best version of themselves is my highest calling. Fatherhood is the biggest rite of passage in a man's life. It's our biggest opportunity to grow up, to wake up, and to learn who we actually are. I believe that a father's love is the biggest missing vitamin on the planet. This podcast is intended to be a lightning rod to call men to action, to create community, and to set a new tone and standard for what fatherhood means. Welcome to Fatherhood Unlocked. I am still reeling from the last episode. Episode three was with Stephen Jenkinson, the author and the speaker and the artist and just this incredible elder of our time. And if you have yet to listen to that, go back and do it. That's that's a, that's a clear, clear, clear uh, directive that I, um, I'm so proud of that episode and so fucked up from it in the best way. Can't recommend it high enough. Today, on this episode, whatever day it is, if it's now or in the future, maybe you're listening to this 3,000 years from now, that'd be fucking wild. But today, we are going to speak with a man that I met last year named Luke Entrip. And the topic that we are going to get into today is really at the heart of why I do what I do, what I care about, what I've cared about for a long time, or what I kind of intend to care about uh, in an ongoing way. And that is the topic of fathers and sons and what happens in that dynamic and what might it take for those bonds and those relationships to be deeper, to be more connective, to be more alive. And for that kind of beautiful, necessary thing of generational love and support and information and learning to be passed down from one to the other. We're going to talk about Luke and his experience as a father, his experience in the world, and specifically a program that he is running that brings fathers and sons together. So here's a little bit more about Luke. Luke Entrip is the founder of the Father-Son Connection Experience and the Contemplative Leadership Institute. He's a coach and teacher helping people grow their leadership capacity, clarify their purpose, and deepen their love. He works with startup founders, men's groups, and people wanting to live a more heartfelt existence. He's a father to Julian, who's age 12, and Amara, age nine, his happiest days are getting lost in the forest with both of them. And he's a partner at the executive coaching firm Evolution. You can find more about Luke at lukeentrup.com. That's www.l-u-k-e-e-n-t-r-u-p.com. Just another note here too is, is I met Luke through that organization Evolution, who he's a partner of. And I don't talk about it as much as the rest of my work, but uh, a good part of what I do in this world is coaching and consulting at the executive and founder level. And uh, I've been kind of talking and working with Evolution and I'm considering uh, coming on board there as well. Pretty exciting and I'm sure I'll share more about that in the future. But the topic at hand here today specifically is fathers and sons. And even before we have the conversation, I just want to highlight this experience that Luke is has, has created and is putting in the world. It's called the Father-Son Connection Experience. It's a rite of passage. It's a weekend rite of passage experience for boys and their fathers or father figures. Uh, it's for boys ages 10 through 14. 
and they have one coming up in California very soon. If you're listening to this as it gets released, it's April 14th to 16th, 2023 in Cobb Mountain, California. And I believe there's one in Colorado later this year as well. And so already off the bat, if you're curious, if you have a boy age 10 to 14 and want to deepen your relationship, fathersonconnection.com. And I I really wanted to rush this episode and get it out the door uh, just in case any listeners would be uh, served and supported by that experience. And you'll hear us talk about this in the conversation, but it's, it's super, super rad. Luke and I have an overlap here, right? So he's doing this experience for fathers and sons that are uh, younger boys, 10 to 14. And I and my co-leader, Aaron Blaine, are doing an experience this summer called The Unbreakable Bond, which is for uh, boys of a slightly older age. So it's 13 or 14 and up and fathers. And our program is July 16th through 22nd, 2023. And what it is, is an eight-day backpacking expedition through Yellowstone National Park. It involves a peak climb. It involves a day of guided top rope climbing, and it is going to be a truly immersive deep dive that will bring a father and a son into a place of connection and understanding with themselves and with each other, and also the natural world. The natural world, and I mean, I don't know... let's talk about the beauty of Yellowstone National Park here beauty just on a visceral level of the mountains we'll climb and the and what we'll see but on a on even a deeper level because it's an intact place because of the animals and fucking a the animals grizzly bears and wolves and elk and bison free-ranging herds of bison and uh mountain goats and mule deer and just it's just a wild beautiful place and there's not many places like that left on the planet unfortunately and so what we're doing is we're coming together to have an adventure and to revive something the just wildness and truth and simplicity of what a father and son relationship can be and to bring honor back to it in both directions and for ever i guarantee everyone who shows up on this will have a rite of passage that will be unforgettable And I can only say this with confidence because I've done this work before. This is where I started my career. And that's why I'm so fired up to share this episode and to have this conversation with Luke because I literally started my career working, first of all, with young men in the wild. And then when I had the great fortune a handful of times to work with young men and their dads in the wilderness, it changed my life. And it truly set me on a course for what I've done with my time. And I've been, you know, talking about it ad nauseum. And if you follow along with this podcast, you know, you're just going to keep hearing me talk about it because it just struck a chord of importance. And it and it set me off on this lifelong exploration now of masculinity and fatherhood. And, you know, I mean, it'd be pretty strange if I was sitting here doing a fatherhood podcast if I wasn't a father myself. I am inquiring into this now for the good of my children. Hopefully there's good that comes from all of this and hopefully there's good for me and good for you and good for everybody. So one more time, The Unbreakable Bond this summer, July 2023. You can find the details at dandody.com. We'll throw out one more plug here before we have our conversation. And that plug is for Fatherhood Ready. This is an online cohort. It is starting in late April 2023. It is 10 weeks And it is a boot camp for men who are about to become fathers. 
it is a deep dive men's work training plus getting the education about the birth process, about fatherhood, about what it actually means to step over this threshold of being a man who does not have children to becoming a man who has children. So we are not saying that we are the world's greatest experts on birth or fatherhood. We don't have it all figured out, but you know what we do have? We have the capacity to create a small community of men and that can show up for each other during this transition. And we are there as mentors. Aaron Blaine is the main mentor. He is the teacher of this course. Aaron is a returned Special Forces veteran. He is one of my closest, if not best friends. And he is, a, he is as solid of a man and as solid of a father as I know. And we're bringing in experts. We're bringing in subject area experts to teach us and to give us a head, to give you, to give the men in the course a heads up on what might go down. What might fatherhood, what should we be thinking about? Well, how should we be preparing? And this goes deep. This is not just, you know, diapers and baby carriers and, and those things. Although we will touch on that, that is important. We are going into your identity as a man. This massive shift that occurs when you become this, when you go from being the center of your universe to being somewhere not even close to the center of your universe. It is a wild transition. It is a rite of passage and our culture does not support it very well. We do not have many elders. We do not have much wisdom being passed on about this role. So a lot of times we're starting it from the beginning and figuring it out as we go. I think part of that is natural, but I think part of that we're missing the community element here. So this is what we're doing. You can find out more about Fatherhood Ready at dandody.com. All right, that's plenty preamble. Let's get to the conversation with Luke and Tripp. All right, Luke. Welcome, man. I am, uh, yeah, act, like legitimately activated and fired up to to talk today. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. So happy to be here. Um, I will have already. I mean, this is what every fucking podcast host says, but I will already have intro introduced you. Um, I'm just going to name a few things that I'm excited about, and then I'm going to give you a little space to define yourself a, a little bit more clearly for the audience. Um, so, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind sitting down with you here is is both of us literally are uh, at the at the place we've both just launched a father son uh, experience, and and we'll get into this much much later. Uh, but there's something really, and I'll tell you my why uh, when we get into it a little bit too. But all I want to say is, you know, f- for me uh, that. That I don't even know how to get put words to it, but even having the possibility of working with a dad and his boy in a way with any level of depth um, is enough for me to feel accomplished enough to fucking quit or to die or what. Like I'm just, I, it's really deeply seated. So for us to both be, um, at least I assume some overlap there. I'm just so excited to get into that with you. Um, I'm also just deeply excited that. Uh, you and I, you know, we've had one conversation before just getting to know each other. Um, but there's overlap of men's work. There's overlap of profession of working with leaders in the, in the capacity of, uh, executives and leadership and, and, and all of that. And, um, and there's an overlap of us both being fathers as well. So I guess that's, that's plenty more, or that's plenty enough to talk about for 90 minutes. And, um, yeah, I'm just really excited you're here, man, and excited to to see where we go. 
And so, yeah, I would love to, you know, I don't want to attend a whole ton of time for autobiography, but, but give us, give us what you think is, I don't know, a platform to lift off of in terms of who you are and what you care about. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm honored to be on the show. Just love what you're, what you're up to and you're right, man. We've got definitely got some threads that are overlapping and uh, both doing some work that, you know, um, is I find quite meaningful and, and um, enjoyable. So yeah, I, I, uh, I probably a good place to start given the context of this conversation is, you know, I'm a father, I'm a father to uh, two kids, 12 year old boy, nine year old girl. And, um, and you know, that's, that's uh, really shaped and focused and clarified my work in the world and given me a little bit of extra jet fuel over the last 12 years made me, you know, uh, probably have a much more integrity, much more um, kind of oomph to my mission has made me, uh, you know, given me a mirror to reveal all the little shadows, big shadows that I hold that still kind of, um, you know, so at times get me, you know, get, have me showing up less than my uh, best self, you know, and a constant um, opportunity to become a better version of myself. So, you know, that's maybe the intro. And then beyond that, yeah, I work with, with leaders of, of companies on their own leadership, their own self-awareness, their own strategy. And um, I'm a guide. I help people uh, through rites of passage, through transitions, through periods of transformation in their life. And that's something I've been doing uh, since my early twenties, uh, when mm -hmm. I, when I originally, uh, discovered men's work, when I was, um, invited into my first, uh, rites of passage men's retreat by my father. Tell us about that, please. Yes. Let's start right there. That sounds, yeah. Perfect. I mean, I, yeah. I it was, yeah. it was perhaps one of the most, it was one of the most formative experiences in my life. When I was 22 years old, my dad invited me to a men's weekend. And I found myself surrounded by about 80 dudes that were like super fierce in all of their power, but also connected to their heart. They were living lives of passion, living lives of service back to their community. They were living uh, from an embodied place of, you know, just being available emotionally. But um, and, and it really woke something up in me about uh, what it could be to be a man. It kind of snapped me out of uh, feeling a bit of like a zombie walking, walking through life asleep. And um, it really sent me in this trajectory on my life of uh, knowing that I wanted to help guide other people to a place of deeper truth, a uh, place of service to their community. And um, I, you know, eternally grateful to my father for somehow finding himself <laughs> in that uh, work initially, and then inviting me into it at a young age. So I, I had kind of one of these, um, a little closer to the time that it used to always happen, a true initiation into manhood. I remember the moment when I was in a forest surrounded by 80 dudes around a fire and somebody put something over my neck and said, you're a warrior now. You are a warrior. And presented me to the rest of the, the village, so to speak. And um, I went in that, that experience a boy and I came out a man and it forever changed my life. So just because we can, and maybe we even have to, but I just, I imagine like sort of the, the hackles or the hair on the, on the back of men's next neck going up as you say that phrase, or I also imagine maybe just a big blank, right? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Just, just because we can, how did that feel? 
Like, what was that? What was that? Ex- like in the moment, was it overwhelming? Was it not? Was it? Is it something that had to kick in? Again, I just, I just out of curiosity because it is not something that is occurring for most men. I don't know. Take us into that moment yeah, just a little I, bit deeper. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful question. I think you know, throughout human history, it happened all the time. It was right. the day. like this is a thing that is hardwired into our DNA. So. There was something in me that recognized like, oh, you know, it was, I guess maybe the best way to describe it, it was almost like this transcendent moment where I, uh, I was kind of in my body, but I was also just going through this ceremony in a way that was like, wow, this is way beyond me. There was something really ancient I could feel in that. Um, I was a bit terrified, right? Like didn't know exactly what was going to happen. I was a bit, um, I was a bit, uh, I was just energized. I was, um, I was alive. I was alive in that moment. So. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. Yeah, you're right. It is, it is. I mean, at least in my understanding of things, it is my understanding of things that this, this was the way, and I can't say that phrase. Do you watch the Mandalorian? I can't say that phrase without thinking about the fucking Mandalorian, but, um, that was the way and yeah, beautiful. So Fuck yeah, your dad. Nice work. <laughs> nice work, Luke's dad. Um, why don't you tell us, um, uh, like, I'm, I'm, make, I'm making an assumption, so I'm just going to tell that first, right? But so I love asking, uh, I love asking my guests about, about their fathers, at least, at least a touch point, right? Mm-hmm. But in lieu of the normal sort of modern dad fucked me up this way, that way, and this way. Um, give us one minute of, I don't know, just like of love for your dad, of, of what comes up of gratitude, of, of celebration, or, I mean, you shared one incredible thing already, but how else might you celebrate your dad? Yeah, my dad, his, his, I don't know, his church, his temple, his way that he connects to something greater than himself is in the woods. And I have so many fond memories of walking in the woods with him, sometimes with some sort of goal of maybe we're hunting together or we're we're foraging for mushrooms or sometimes we're just going for a walk. And um, there's some way in which he that imprinted very deeply in me where, you know, my deepest form of nourishment is to be mostly alone, (laughs) often alone in the wild by myself and the nourishment of nature. And inevitably those moments when I'm maybe leaning against a tree or taking in some sort of beautiful vista, I think of my dad. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm eternally grateful for that. I mean, he really handed off this love of, you know, the temple of the forest to me in a way that, um, you know, is, is it's uh, in some ways, like it's my deepest form of nourishment you know, mm. to be in the wild and breathe in the fresh air and feel life, lifeing around me and um, mm. being in the, in the wild. Beautiful. Yeah. So yesterday, in order to give my wife some space so she could mud and tape our bathroom that we're remodeling, I took uh, all three kids. So I have a six, six, four, six and four-year-old boys and a one-year-old girl. And um, so we went to a local trail and it's, it's, you know, spring and May, I'm in Maine and it's sleety and snowy and icy and shitty. And, um, my God, did we have fucking fun, man? Mm-hmm. Just like, like, uh, 
So I'm I'm connecting into that. And this is leading me into my next question because I'm I'm feeling my kids in this moment. But uh tell us about your love for your children. What does mm. that feel like? Oh, the love for my children. That's a beautiful question. Yeah, you know, there's some way in which um at times life can get a bit heavy, you know, um, just the burden of providing, the burden of protection, the burden of security, the burden of it doesn't always feel like a burden, but it can, right? Like the the grind, the grind of being a leader, the grind of having one's own business, the grind of, and um, there's a way in which that, as much as I, as much time as I may spend in the woods or, you know, uh, in my deep, in my practices, um, something around my heart can get a little tight and concretized and kind of just a bit rigid. It's like this, um, maybe this necessary protection that happens. And that <laughs> melts away when I'm reading stories to my children each night and they're like each of them kind of a head on my shoulder. Um, there's something about that, that just, it frees my heart. It opens me up. It has me feeling them and, you know, um, takes me out of my own this, this um, maybe, maybe inevitable, maybe it's something I carry, or maybe it's inevitable, inevitable as a man, but that burden, you know, it just kind of melts away. And um, I, I, I'm, you know, that's just one of the great gifts is like, my children have softened my heart, no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, you know, the kind of one of the underlying premises of, of this show, and this project that I'm doing is, uh, is that fatherhood is is a, a rite of passage and a quite a quite large one and one that doesn't usually have much formality to it right in terms of witnesses and you know words spoken i mean it kind of happens sometimes for some people it happens more if you're in a good men's group then it probably really happens right but um and without we don't have to get into all the details or specifics of what a rite of passage well not actually probably should but um what i want to hear first is i don't like a three-point narrative who were you before children how did it feel uh give us a moment or some sort of glimpse of the process of becoming a father and uh you know you've alluded a few things it softened your heart it sort of gave you an oomph in your in your mission and these things but yeah maybe just reflect for us a little bit on that on that journey of course yeah you know there's there's this thing before having kids there is this um i don't mean this in like a i don't know derogatory or to to in in necessarily a negative way but there's a certain self-centeredness like there's an indulgent self-centeredness that is possible when you don't have children Right. So I think about periods of my life before children, I could follow an impulse um, to to follow it as a way of becoming maybe more fully expressed in myself. For example, if I thought that like something in me could grow by going and spending a month in the Amazon <laughs> in in, you know, I would do that. Or if I thought like I needed to spend, you know, I needed to go backpacking through Europe as a way of becoming more independent. I could do that. If I uh, needed to, you know, 
have a long night with my friends in social celebration uh, as a way of just, you know, becoming a fuller version of myself, like I could do that. And that's a beautiful way to live. Um, and I think in some ways that took me as far as it could take me. Once uh, my son arrived, the shift, the focus then became less about how do I grow through following the impulses of my own desires and more about service. Like how do I grow as a householder and get more rooted into a life and working with the material that's presented through raising a child or through being in a relationship that, um, that the reflection of, of myself through him and through my relationship and, and eventually having two children, that actually became a much more kind of catalytic way to grow as a human and evolve as a, you know, and to become a better version of myself. So that self-centeredness became, it dissolved. And my focus really did, has become much more about my family and my work in the world and how I support my clients. Um, so there's kind of this thing about taking the focus. I think it was a necessary stage. I'm not, I'm not disparaging it. A necessary stage of my twenties and early thirties was very much like deep introspection. And now it's much more about, um, looking outward at the life I'm creating and the family and how that's then, um, you know, kind of reflected back in me. So yeah. this, you know, like the, the, the world wisdom, you know, the kind of like spiritual teachers, they talk about this as the path of the householder, right? It's a different path than that of like a warrior monk or, you know, someone that's, that's just dedicated to, you know, um, you know, to not having children. It's, it's a different, it's a different way of being. And it's, it's very much in the day-to-day -day mundane that you find deeper meaning. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad, um, I'm glad you're using that term. I mean, it's, it's something I identify as and as well would be a householder and you know specifically i practice a, a tibetan tibetan vajrayana lineage and and uh, you know i mean it's it is what it is it is what it is what it says i guess from from my perspective it really is it's it just means a sense of uh being on a path a path of towards fucking whatever you want to call it just i don't know great greater I don't even want to try to define it, but just being on a path, I'll leave it there. Yeah, through life, right? So, so not not going around life or above life, or going sitting on a, uh, you know, a mountaintop and and meditating for years on end. Uh, which part of me wish, like part of me is like, yeah, I could do that. But I, I don't know, not I don't know, man. I don't know if I would actually fucking do that or not. You know, when you said um, you find your greatest nourishment in nature alone, um, I concur with that. But I, but I a really big part of what I do in the world and have done in the world has been being in nature with others. And there's a particular, there is a particular uh, gift that I think I've been nerding out on there, you know, for a, a really long time. Um, anyway, back to the householder thing for, for, for a minute. And so, you know, for the audience's sake, just, just to maybe let's just spend another minute there um, because I wonder, and, and I, I don't know yet who, who all is listening to this or who will listen to this, but maybe it's helpful just to define, um, 
t- t- tell us a little bit about, I don't know, your sense of growth or spirituality or your background or your practices or your lineage, because my, my sense is that's a very strong part of who you are. And I'd, I'd love to, to hear more about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's a, it's an forever evolving story about, you know, my connection to deeper meaning and spirit. It started being raised Catholic and really learning the beauty of ritual and the beauty of kindness and community. Um, now that had some serious limitations for me as I got a little bit older and, um, and where'd you grow up, Luke? What I grew up in, home? yeah, I grew up in Quincy, Illinois. So I grew up oh. right on the Mississippi river, about two hours North of St. Louis. And, um, and, uh, yeah, spent, spent my summers and kind of weekends on the river and in the woods. And, and, you know, this is again, my, you know, the other part of my spiritual connection is, you know, my dad was very much and, and his family very connected to nature, to the rhythms of the river and the forest and um, really kind of living off the land in the way that we, we can in middle America. Um, and so that's, that is like deeply in my kind of relationship to something greater than myself is the connection to the natural world, the cosmos, the stars, you know. Um, and then, and then I discovered, you know, through men's work initially, I discovered, you know, some meditation and yoga. And then I also found the Vajrayana Buddhist path. I went to school at Naropa University mm-hmm. and um, really, you know, went kind of deep in, in Buddhism. And um, eventually I was ordained in a, a Renzai Zen order, the hollow bones order. And uh, I didn't know that. No shit, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So, so this was like, you know, heavy training around like long eight days and sits and, um, and some martial arts. Uh, and, you know, that's, that's kind of the, the amalgam of my kind of spiritual worldview is, is, is in that. And in recent years, it's been, you know, very much in the connecting to my ancestors, right? Like using the, the wisdom of, where my ancestors come from and, and really kind of finding ways to connect to them and their, how they still live in me. Um, so I've been, you know, I've connected in with my Nordic ancestors and Celtic ancestors mm-hmm. and really try to understand how their, their relationship to um, spirituality or their worldview, how that's been passed down to me to understand how I'm experiencing reality now. Right. So um uh, it's it's been a beautiful inquiry just to to kind of go back to uh, I, I think we sometimes make these unconscious decisions or, or we, we're operating in a way that we're not fully aware how our past, you know, our ancestral past really impacts how mm-hmm. our relationship to the natural world or to finding deeper meaning. And um, I'm not just talking about like the way our parents raised us, but this like cultural ancestral handoff that happens over generation after generation some of it we we know about like trauma and how trauma can actually you know get passed down through epigenetics so that's that's kind of the the more painful part of it but there's also this part of just general worldview about you know when i think about like the nordic gods and goddesses right like most of them have kind of been in, extinguished from our consciousness but that was very uh very kind of important part of, you know, my ancestors. So to really kind of go back and understand that um, and understand how they related to things like, you know, the natural world and magic and 
and um, the rhythms of life, it's, it's, uh, it helps me understand who I am and where I came from. So that's been, you know, the latest journey has been this, this deep unfolding of like, all right, where, where do I truly come from? You know, kind of genetically and culturally beyond just the, the, over the last hundred years or so, that's the easy part. But if we go back even further, what, you know, what can I learn about why I think the way I think and why I relate to things like, um, you know, deeper meaning and spirit the way that I relate to it, right? So. No, it's, um, oh man, so many things I want to sort of dive into there. You know, I've noticed that, uh, in all my work with dads, ex the explicit worth work with dads, um, yeah, genealogy and lineage, it it just, I mean, it makes sense, but it seems to come up when we become a dad, or, or it seems to have a, a new, um, you know, breath or life breathed into it, in a sense. It certainly has for me. And if you put that in context of, you know, being alive in this North American culture right now. I mean, what the image that came to me as you were talking is that, you know, I'm like one word on a giant page from a book of human history, but that page got plucked out of the book and blew the fuck somewhere else. Right. And it's just um, out of place, out of connection. And yeah, it's wild, man. I mean, you know, I got these images of that dude Padmasambhava and you know and none of this is is uh is biologically or or lineage it's not it's not my lineage right and that's not where i've found my meaning and um yeah i, I just think i just think it's it's really interesting the the other image that uh that i think for me is just very real when it comes to any it, again it, it comes alive when we have children, we see, oh, hold on a second. Like we are just one, we are one domino in a long line of dominoes. And our whole life, I like to think of it like our whole life is in that span of being hit by the last domino and then hitting that, you know, it's like, it's fucking wild. I heard there's 150, there's been 150,000 generations of humans. That's, that's a number that I heard. I, I don't, I can't corroborate that if that's accurate or not. But anyway, I'm just tripping out about fucking lineage here but i'm i'm with you i'm really with you yeah i mean it's it's um it's absolutely the case for me that you know the these inquiries about where do i come from get fired up when i think about my children because i'm not just i didn't just pass on genetic code i'm passing on a way of being a way of thinking a way of relating a way of relating to emotions a way of creating in the world and the deeper i examine how you know, when I see that, when I see something reflected back in them that I'm like, oh, oh, they learned that from me. Whoops. Um, it really, it, it, it has me wanting to investigate more deeply other unconscious assumptions about how I, you know, things I've learned that have been passed down to me so that I can be, I can close the cycle, find areas where I can close this, the, the loop around um you know mal maladaptive behaviors or or ways of being that where they keep themselves small or they you know whatever hurt other people or all the things that that I do as an imperfect human that I've taught them um how can I clean up as much of that kind of ancestral debris so that mm. they get a clean slate to to really kind of just be the the human they're supposed to be you know what else you said when you first sort of introduced that part of lineage to was 
you know, you referenced that trauma gets passed down in, in epigenetics, but you also referenced that everything else does too, you know? And I, I feel like, I don't know, for whatever reason in this moment, in this season of my life, that is where I'm really curious about the the good, the love, the 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 richness, the joy, the the because we made it, right? I mean, look, we're alive. Our our lineage, yeah. you know, even even if it was a traumatic fucking mess, like there was, you know, there was love and there was all like I don't know how many countless like joyful meals and you know embrace and just romance, just all of it. You know, there's it's so fucking rich. Human life is so fucking rich, and just to know that. Um, I, don't, I mean, I'm down with the, I'm down with the uh, rooting out the trauma and that, that is, is certainly part of what's like happening these days and is certainly uh, a big part of people's focus in, in parts of the world. But um, yeah. 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 It's. It, Can I tell you a quick story about that? Yeah, please. Yeah. So yesterday, so I have this ritual. We have this ritual in our family. We live um, in Sonoma County, California, which is about an hour north of San Francisco. So we very often drive across the Golden Gate Bridge uh, to go into the city or to go to the airport. In this case, we were going to Monterey for a mountain biking uh, tournament for my son. We're coming back and we, we have a ritual. Every time we go towards the city, we say prayers of, you know, kind of desire or prayer. We say prayers essentially. And then when we come back across the bridge, we say gratitudes, right? So we turn off all the music and everything. We just get quiet and the kids and I will We'll just vocalize to each other like we say a prayer like pray for safety pray for health right coming back my daughter who's nine she says i'm grateful for everything that's ever happened to me even the hard things i i said well tell me more about that even the hard things she said the hard things have made me stronger and appreciate all the good things that i have and have made me um, feel that I want to love and be, you know, even more I'm trying to remember how she said it, but it was like, I want to be even more alive and more here. And I just found that to be like, as a nine-year-old to be one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard. It was just so touching yeah. to me that, you know, she can have such gratitude, not just for the, you know, the good things of life, but also the traumatic things that have happened to her, the hard, challenging things that she's been through. Um, I was, I was very touched by it. I'm going to interrupt here just for a second, maybe 30 seconds. I don't know. We'll see maybe 45 seconds. I'm not sure. You are invited to come a little bit closer to the fire, a little bit closer to the center of the circle here. Every week I write a newsletter and I really enjoy it. It's something that's important to me and I love doing it and, uh, been doing it for a long time now. And I like to I just like to invite you to participate in that. Um, it's not going to change your life. It's not going to do whatever. But there is some connective tissue that that might uh, support your your world as a dad, as a man, as a human. And it's part of the community building that we're doing here. So you can go to dandoti.com and sign up for the newsletter anytime you would like. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. I actually I I like the. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to be, a, it's, this isn't a secret, but I'm doing this podcast for me <laughs> so that I can learn that. I, so I can, I'm taking so much away uh, from, from every interview I do, but we do a lot of gratitude, but you know what? It's but not my practice to do the first part, like the outbound part of that. I actually think that's really important. I appreciate you sharing that story.
Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's 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 shift a little bit. I, I, so first, why don't you just um, I don't get, maybe give a little I don't know context of your profession and where you've come from. But but you know what I'm what the bullseye here that I'm that I'm aiming at here is this is this really remarkable experience that that you're launching into the world for fathers and sons. So yeah, maybe. Tell tell us your. I can imagine a why, but tell us your why. Tell us what it is. If there's some context you want to lead up into it, or wherever you want to take that, man, I just want to hear about it. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, just generally a little bit about my work in the world. I'm a guide. I help people navigate through transitions and stages of life. Right. Um, I also, you know, I work as an executive coach, leadership coach, and help leaders of companies navigate the challenges of growing. Um, but I also, since my early twenties, since that pivotal experience that I described, I've been designing and leading rites of passage work initially for young adults. And in over the last 20 plus years, I've, I've worked in various populations at various stages of passage throughout the life cycle to help people celebrate and navigate these, um, Give us actually. I'm I'm so fucking yeah. t- specifically. Which populations? What did you do? I mean, we have more in common than I than I knew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's see. I have done. Um, you know, I, my I really like cut my teeth working with young adults, eighteen to thirty, helping them find mentors and and kind of find their way in the world. Um, I for a long time was doing like volunteering in hospice. So helping helping people in that transition, end of life transition and their families around end of life transitions. Um, I've done a ton around, you know, kind of like um, professional transitions, like leaving a company, selling a company, getting fired, um, moving from one job to another. Uh, you know, I kind of have always had some sort of a community organized around professional transitions. That's where I've done a lot mm-hmm. of work. Probably for the last 20 years, I've had, you know, I do some sort of, you know, regular group coaching around transitions. Um, yeah, but this one, this one is different, right? So this one came, this is the, this project that I'm working on now, where I looked at my son, right? He, he just turned 12 last week. And I just feel him pulling away, right? Like I feel the individuation happening. And while I can still get that, you know, the snuggle that I talked about as I'm reading stories at the end of the day, he is definitely getting older. And I just feel like, you know, that part of me that just, you know, that just feels kind of like my baby, baby slipping away. Right. And it's healthy. It needs to happen. Right. But I also see the, the, um, the world he's stepping into and the, this next stage of almost becoming a teenager and thinking about all the changes that happen through that transition of hitting puberty and wanting to give him two things, wanting to make sure that if he needs me, that he knows that I'm going to be there for him in a deep and meaningful way. Like, to just be very, uh, so there's no doubt that his father is somebody that he can turn to if he wants to turn to me. Um, and when I started thinking about that, I'm like, how do I do that? Like, how do I create that type of connection? And what I know about that is 
for my own self and in even just looking at our history, the him, him and I, it doesn't really happen in the day-to-day grind of like going to mountain biking and dropping him off at school and, you know, cooking dinners. It happens when we go out somewhere into the wild, into some non-ordinary place, some place that has some challenge, some difficulty, some place that's uncomfortable. And so I started thinking like, I need to take him on some sort of backpacking trip so that, you know, we have some sort of vehicle for us to drop in deeper. But then I started thinking like, I actually don't want to be the only one to do this. I want to do this in community with other fathers and other boys that are his age. There's something so powerful about doing it together. Right. And then I realized, oh, (laughs) this actually is, you know, uh, it's not just about him. This is actually something that the world needs. And, you know, most boys, if not all boys need this, a rite of passage, a demarcation of, of hitting a new stage of life, becoming a teenager or closely soon becoming a teenager and a deep connection to their father. Mm-hmm. Hence the father son connection experience was born. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're launching here in a few weeks with our first one. And, and, um, quite excited. It's, you know, I've got some guys that I've been friends with for 20 years who have sons the same age and we're doing this together. We're, you know, we're, um, and, um, it's the way I'd always imagined it, right? Like he's not just learning from me. He's learning from other really good men that are living lives of passion from their heart, super trustworthy men of integrity. Oh man, I'm so glad. I'm just so glad you're doing this. Um, it's so needed. I mean, that's such an obvious thing to say, but uh, it is so, so needed. So just a little context, you know, I I, st- I think I, I got lucky and got into men's work early too, but, but toward the later half of my 20s, so it was 28, 27 or 28. But I stumbled out of college into uh, my first profession was as a wilderness therapy guide. And so with young adults and adolescent males. And so my first sort of rites of passage inquiry at all was, um, was very real. It was very much out in the wilderness and, and, you know, fathers would come in for a weekend or for a week and we would do, you know, rites of passage work, but it was, but it was, I'm just kind of showing my, uh, reactionary sort of traumatic reasons for what I do in a sense here. And, and it was the, um, it was in the context, we're doing amazing rites of passage work, but in the context of sending you away, cause you don't fit here. I'm speaking to the boy here, right? So either an adjudicated correctional facility or a therapeutic program where the young man was, was, it was an intervention basically. Right. And it still was beautiful, impactful, important work, but all that time, I'm just this, you know, somewhat angry, young, 24 year old dude loving what he's doing. And just this strong knowing, strong knowing, I just wanted to scream it to the world. It's just like this shit of sending kids away, this sort of like extra trauma. It's like the fucking reason is we're not doing this before. Right. I mean, it was just, I mean, the reason that things are happening in these families are a big reason. A big part of it was that these young men needed this before shit went south, you know, and, and it just, um, I think I've matured and sort of nuanced that quite a bit since then, but I I can feel it. I can feel the sort of the fire in that feeling that I felt as a young man. And it really was what has 
you know, lifted me to, to do what I've done with my adult time. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I just want to add one other quick thing here, which is the other thing that was happening simultaneous to this, which, which you're, you're partly speaking to and was very much part of my why around this. And I'd love to hear more about your why for your program. If you're, if you're up for sharing it, but the, the, so I watched the insurrection happen. I watched the grocery store in yeah. Boulder. That was a few blocks from where I lived, get shot up. And I had a very dear friend get roofied and sexually assaulted in her forties in all in a matter of like a short period. And I'm, and I just looked and saw like, this is, it's, it's the unconscious wounded man that's doing all this harm at the, at the root of all of this. And, and, um, and it, you know, it, I just said, somebody needs to like, wh what are we doing? How, what are we doing? What are we doing to raise men like this? And what do we need to do to raise good men, or at least give these boys a shot of being good men? And, and, you know, and that's also the thing, like the, the cultural piece around, you know, how difficult it is to be a man in today's society and how lost and confused and broken the culture is and what this culture is producing as far as, you know, men um, disconnected yeah. from masculine power, disconnected from their hearts. When we think about the phrase masculinity, we most often associate it with toxic and mm. it doesn't need to be this way, right? There is a way in which masculine power in its purest sense is is quite generative and quite healing and i would say necessary and so you know what can we be doing to cultivate this deep embodied trustable masculine presence in the men in in our world right so i mean exactly yeah i'm i'm and this just sort of to to say my why and in, in a very sort of abbreviated version is that i guess if i were to take the liberty to finish your sentence or add tack something onto what you said, you know, what the young ones, what the boys are disconnected from amongst all the things you listed, they're disconnected from dad. Hmm. They're disconnected from their father. And that's probably not the first link of the chain of that truth. Right. And um, why I, my why is, is that doing that work, I'll remember it seared into my soul forever was the first time in the desert when the walls broke down between a father and son and their full love, their full vision. They saw each other. They, they, they opened up, they stood in that long enough. It was the most overwhelmingly powerful and beautiful thing I ever saw. And it just all clicked. And again, I, I mean, there's a, there's a sort of, amateur quick story to tell and it's much more complicated if you really get into it but that man that's my why it's like it was and it was just so obvious you know it's just like well holy shit there it is <laughs> right like that's so all of that goes to say i'm so glad that you're doing this i'm i am so 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 grateful that you're doing this and you know when when i i i was pretty lit on a mission ever since that moment but but i got a a giant sort of booster packed attached when I, when I had my first kid, when Duke came in, it was just like, well, fuck, I can't not, <laughs> I can't not 
go after this, right? And it wasn't just him, but it was the culture. It was the world. It was, right? That, that question of like the insurrectionists and people, boys are shooting, fucking, fucking shooting everybody and they're fucking raping. It's just like, anyway, so here we are, two dads very much um, feeling it. And uh, yeah, that's the why. Tell us a little about the how. Like, I mean, what are you... What are you looking forward to? I mean, you don't have to give away all the secrets or anything, but uh, what do you think about going into an experience like this, connecting a, a dad and his 10 to 14-year-old kid? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it puts a big smile on my face, right? Just for the possibility that you speak of, right? Just, you know, we get into our habitual ways of relating that can be a bit shallow, necessary, mundane, the, just the kind of blocking and tackling of, day-to-day -day life. And I'm really excited about creating an experience where we crack out of that, like the concretized way of being at kind of a surface level that that is dissolved. And there's, you know, there's a deeper connection about things more meaningful. So some of the, the, how we do that, it's a, it's a, this experience that I've designed the father son connection experience it's a Friday afternoon to a Sunday afternoon. So it's a weekend, right? And um, it's a lot of time in nature, some of it father and son, some of it more in a group setting. We're at a retreat center. So it's a little different. I think your your program you're doing, right, is is backpacking. This is a little different. This is yeah. like yeah. A, they'll be sleeping in a bed at night, but then it's on this, you know, we're doing these on these exquisitely beautiful properties where there's a lot of space. And We'll do some time out in nature. We'll do some things around emotional awareness and emotional intelligence. Um, we'll do some, a lot of games and kind of embodiment, martial arts, kind of wrestling, that kind of thing. You know, it's at, at the age I'm working 10 to 14, it's really about being uh, kind of deeply embodied and being kind of masterful in one's, in one's body, right? And, and then being part of a team, right? We think about this. Bill Plotkin wrote about this a bit in his book around the various passages through life, right? For a, in a young, in a kind of this, this age, boy into young, kind of young adult, it's about two things. It's about feeling like you are really good at something hmm. most often in your body and feeling part of a team. This is where we see a lot of sports teams, a lot of, you know, like this is where Boy Scouts traditionally was like very thriving, or maybe somebody starts a band, you know, and, um, so we're, we're kind of harnessing that impulse that all boys have at that age to, to, um, and then focusing that on connecting with their dad. And then we'll do some ceremonial demarcation. We're going to actually do some time around the fire and do like a classic rites of passage ceremony of welcoming them into this stage of being kind of a young adult. Um, and then we'll do a, the final day is a, on, on the final day, we're doing a piece around consent and boundaries. We have a sex educator coming. So we'll do a little bit around sex. And it's not that the dads mm -hmm. need to have all the answers around, <laughs> around some of these kind of uncomfortable yeah. conversations, but that it at least has been talked about and they're yeah. getting kind of the basics so that if this boy wants to go to his dad around a question around sex or consent or a relationship that they, you know, they will have at least laid the ground to do that. So that's, those that's are, kind of, you know, so high level themes that we'll, we'll touch on. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, I'm glad you. I'm glad you're putting in in sex. I think that's that's so 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 important. And 
I hadn't really put it together before this moment, but you know, in, in all of my work with men, I've noticed actually, particularly the last couple of years, I've noticed that, that often there is, uh, something gets carried forward from that time period, that sort of pre-pubescent pubescent, right? So as body really begins to change and mind begins to change hormones, everything really shifts. Um, I mean, you know, we carry, we carry wounds from our whole lives, but, but oftentimes there seems to be something of a keystone, um, in that time. And, you know, sometimes it's about sex. Sometimes it's not, sometimes it's about social fitting in. Sometimes it's about body shame. I mean, it could be about anything, honestly. Um, but it has a pattern has emerged for me that something, um, tends to really stick from that time. And so, yeah, man, what are, but, but, but right. But if you can do anything to, to create the conditions where the man who loves their child can be gone to, can be, can be looked toward, can be approached, can be, you know, so that those kids don't have to go it alone. Right. So that those boys don't go like, what a fucking service. What a yeah. gift. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, and I, couple things about this. I think you're absolutely right. Like I, I, my own personal experience, the most painful things that happened to me were, was bullying getting like, when I look at my life, you know, and, and my, like the most kind of, I don't know, traumatic, or I don't know how you want to frame it, but the things that just hurt the most on an emotional level, it was that kind of age range of 10 to 14 and the bullying and, you know, uh, that was pretty formative for me. And that, that really smarted. And I think a lot of people have that experience. It's the first time we start developmentally, we start to become much more aware socially about how other people perceive us. And a lot of things can happen if, you know, we don't have that healthy sense of identity and a healthy sense of self. So that's partly what we'll focus on here is like really helping um, them connect and focus on a healthy identity of who they are and belief in oneself. It's so important at this stage, right? The other thing I'll say is, uh, and I'm sure this is the case for some of the work you do as well, the fathers are having their own experience, right? So we designed <laughs> this around three paths, right? The boys were designed around the boys and then the fathers and sons connecting. But there's this third track around this experience, which is I've never been the father of a teenager before. What in the world do I do? I feel I'm in over my head. So we're going to have the fathers going to gather at times alone and have their own kind of experience. And we've got some, you know, some things for them to kind of work with, you know, and part of it is this thing that I mentioned where every stage of parenting, we, we begin to have memories surfaced of the time of life when we were their age, right? And there's all sorts of unconscious material that gets brought up that we maybe wanted to forget and just, you know, our ways of relating. So there's a whole thing where it's a, it's great to just metabolize some of the debris of the past that we're experiencing of remembering when we were in these awkward, this awkward transition into puberty. Right. So I don't, I, I wonder if, I wonder if a lot of dads know that, that like, yeah, as you slowly inch forward in your child's life you're getting like a roto rooter like cellular level scrub on your own shit from that same age i don't think i don't think i don't know that people know but man does it bring stuff up absolutely and we either can yeah. i think most i think you're right most people aren't aware it's just happening in the background and we don't understand why we're getting reactive and we don't understand when we you know things 
we get emotionally dysregulated. This is where our own practice is so important and being able to surround ourselves with other good men who can hold us accountable to our own kind of, you know, healing in that way. This is where men's work's really important, right? I think you're right. Like most people, it's just, it's just running as a background program. But those of us that are really committed to, you know, living a wakeful life, it's a beautiful opportunity to excavate mm -hmm. some of the, I don't know if you, what you want to call it, but just the the uh, debris, the karma, the pain of the path. Yeah, no, I love it. And I, yeah, I don't think it can be said enough. You know, my, I've been doing and leading men's work for a fair amount of time now. And, you know, my personal, I don't know, sort of passion these days is uh, not to sort of go visit the men's work island that's off in the ocean somewhere separate, right? But really to create experiences. I mean, I really am loving men's work in the context of fatherhood, because when you, it's just a pet peeve, but what I've had, what I've experienced in the past is if you go to the Island, if you go to men's work Island and you do a bunch of stuff, you know, you liberate all kinds of energy. You just have all these great things happen, but the energy that sort of liberates doesn't always have a place to flow directly. Right. But, but in the context of, of life itself, in the context of being a dad, I've just found like there's, there's just really, organically aligned um, result and then results. Yeah. Results or just impact or effects of doing work. But, but I'm bringing this back. Like I honestly like that, what you're, what you're creating there, like uh, that room for just men, for dads to come together and have that moment or those hours or whatever is together. Like, God, that's, I mean, it's, I don't think you could design a more impactful or effective you know, moment of a container to to get in there and to do some, do some real inner digging, right? I mean, just that's fucking perfect. It's just fucking perfect. Yeah, yeah. I I I, th I hope so. We'll find out. You know, I think that. I, I mean, it's just just to be like clear about this, right? Like, I don't think any of us have this figured out, right? There's this. My experience of being a parent is one of grand confusion, and the <laughs> gap, the delta, if you will, the gap between the parent I thought I was going to be and the parent I am, my God, that, that gap, that, um, will you open that up for us? Will you share yeah. it? Will you share what you thought you would be and, and who you are? That would be really, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I thought I'd be a lot more patient for one. Um, <laughs> and I thought I'd somehow be able to mold my children into these little Buddhas that I wanted them to be because, you know, that was my kind of aspirational when I think about like, what does the world need? It needs these kind of like statuesque still beings of consciousness. And, you know, that's not <laughs> what children are. They are chaotic and they find every corner to push. Their job is to find boundaries, right? And their job is to push boundaries. And at times that evokes anger in me, that evokes fear, that evokes sadness in me. It evokes feelings when I'm having to hold a boundary in a way that I don't necessarily want to, but I know I need to. And um, that's their job. They're trying to figure out who they are and what they are in the world. And um, it's exhausting at times. It's uh, infuriating. It's uh, so there's a, there's a constantly a gap between the idealized parent and the one I actually am. And that gap is where there's, a lot, there's an opportunity for a massive amount of investigation around my yeah. shortcomings, my own shadows, my own wounds of the past that keep me reactive with them, my own 
uh, ways that I withhold love or all the things that I do as a human, as a messy human, who's just, you know, being, you know, just being imperfect as I should be, but that, that there's a, there's a lot of um, territory there for Mm -hmm. um, self-discovery and self-improvement. So gathering as men, you know, in in an environment like this, it's a good place to just kind of recognize like nobody has all the answers. We can cobble it together. We can do our best to support each other. Um, But if there's a focus on examining the gap, I think that's like, that's the, that's the big piece, like really looking at um, where I'm coming up short as a father, because we all will. Yeah, I mean, the the other I'm just I mean, I'm just like placing myself in this weekend that you're doing soon. And um, just to feel it out. And you've you named this already. But what I what I want to really affirm here too. So this last fall, I ran my first cohort of a, of a program called Rite of Passage, which is we're talking about that name. I co-opted it for a hunting, uh, a men's hunting and men's work experience, right? First time hunters went on a deer hunt. Um, but one of the dads brought his 16 year old boy and his beautiful, powerful takeaway from the weekend was that, um, he doesn't have to be the only man who's there for, he got to watch and experience his son, being cared for, being nurtured, being reprimanded, being like fathered in a sense, right? I mean, we weren't being his dad, but, you know, but that, you know, and that was a beautiful uh, experience just to to see it because it was just one, right? It was just like right there. I was like, oh yeah, this is, this is wonderful. But for me, there's very little that makes me feel more elated than when my close male friends are around hanging with my kids. There is very little that makes me feel happier, more fulfilled, I guess, safer, you know, a lot of things. It's really important. And so, yeah, I love, I love the three, you know, you said you had the three purposes there. It's like, it's the dad, your dad and the boys to connect. Um, but also for the boys, I'm guessing the boys to connect alone too. Is that, I mean, while the dads are doing stuff, the boys are connecting as well. Right. Yeah. 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 They'll have their own kind of men's group circle. The boys will while the while the dads are having their men's group circle, right? I mean, this is what the world needs. Let me just let me just uh, arrogantly say that this this is what the world fucking needs. I really mean that, I, and I'm saying it like glibly, but I really do mean that. But I, I believe that too. I'm with you, man. I think this yeah. is one of the pieces that could really help. So, but from the geeky men's work angle, just for a second, like I just what's really striking me is. Like you could take all these dads, right? The same dads who are going on your weekend, take them somewhere else, just the dads. They'd have a really powerful growing healing thing. But I just like to do experiences together and for the dads to know the other boys and and God, it's just, it's just fantastic. It's yeah. just super fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited. Uh-huh. Uh, excited to get it get it launched and uh, we'll see we've talked about maybe doing some follow-on kind of virtual men's circles afterwards for the for the at least the dads and maybe the boys as well so we'll, we'll see um, so, so is your son is your son going yeah my son is yeah. coming yep my son and then my uh i have a, a co kind of founder ted rose who his boy is coming as well we've been buddies we've started many rites of passage programs together and so we've got our two boys and a you know, a good, a good group of other father son duos. And, um, we've got 
yeah, we've got a, like, a, as I mentioned, a certified sex educator coming and we've got a couple of other wilderness guides that are coming as well. So there's actually going to be more men there than boys, which, mm -hmm. you know, I think it's going to be, it's going to feel really intense for the boys in a certain way, mm -hmm. but I'm hoping with that intensity and that intentionality that it's a deeply transformative experience. So, and then my idea is that we then hand them off to you and your program when they get a bit older, right? So this is 10 to 14. And then you're working, you're working at a slightly older age, I understand. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, yes. So yeah, we're running, um, my co-leader this, this summer is Aaron Blaine, who's, who, if you listen to more than one episode of this podcast, you'll meet him soon. Um, he's a, uh, returned best, best close buddy returned special forces dude, just like biggest heart in the world. But yeah, we're doing, we decided to go all the way in and do an eight day wilderness backpacking and, and climbing expedition. And, um, I used to lead, you know, men's expeditions. I mean, anyway, but th this is, this is me coming back all the way to my beginnings, right? Like I said, in my why, like this is, this was really the father, son, father and son work in the wilderness was really the, the, the real spark or yeah, it was the real spark for me to sort of take this lifestyle on and, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm super pumped up. And yeah, so I think, like you said, so you're working 10 to 14. Currently, this program is roughly 14 and up, right? We don't have a, I mean, I guess we'd, we'd be a little weird if there was like a 65-year-old dad and a 40-year-old dad, but maybe it would fit. But, but generally speaking, we're looking at uh, the upper adolescent years and uh, we're going to go for it, man. We're um, very similar, you know, ethos, very similar sort of, I think sensibility is what you shared about your program. Um, I think what part of what I'm really excited about is, you know, really pushing. I mean, we don't have to do it. I mean, you know, you you put a backpack on and climb up and over a mountain range, you know, you get pushed, right? The 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 physical push is there, and um, my sense, and this could not play out, but my sense is is we're creating a um, a really beautiful crucible where where we can really really like go for it, you know, like really, um, set up a, uh, I don't know, this is really nondescript language, but just uh, all that's coming is like not fucking, we're not fucking around, I guess, is what I'm saying on this expedition. It's going to be brilliantly fun. Um, but physically and, uh, sort of interpersonally, um, yeah, I'm going to be, I'm excited to see what we can, I'm excited to see where I can sort of push, push this space. Right. So like when I did this work, when I was 26, um, you know, I, I think that, uh, um, I'm a very different practitioner now, obviously than I was then. And I'm, I, I'm honestly just really curious. So, yeah, um, it's brilliant. Are you, where are you going for this? I'm so curious. It's, did you say Yosemite or uh, Yellowstone. So in and out of Bozeman, Montana, we're going to be on the East. I think we're starting in the Lamar Valley um on yellowstone which is like for those of you who maybe haven't heard that's like the fucking spot for wolves wolf and bear sightings and, and it's just like eden you know it's heaven on earth um and then yeah. we yeah i contract a guide service out of bozeman and then they're going to take us on some technical rock climbing and we're going to do a peak ascent one day um and uh, think about what you're doing that i love is that the elements become this own character, right? The, the, the natural world, the challenges, the, the, um, just the conditions 
become such a force and such a factor in the experience that it it really pulls out it like it brings to the surface materials in a way that just nothing else does these like backcountry experiences like this just the the elements themselves yeah they, they're they like a character in the story yeah mm -hmm. yeah and and i mean like you shared in the beginning your your connection to your father sounds like had very much to do with nature and being out there and you know i'm i'm excited about a world where where dads and their children you know, have the full-fledged connection available. I mean, in any any context, right? I, I think we need not necessarily lean on nature for that, but um, I'm similar to you, right? I've, I found my uh, myself, I found God, if you will. I found I found pretty much everything I've ever found. I found out out in nature. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I guess kind of a sense of like, why not, right? I mean, that's it's it's a it's a very human way to go about this kind of thing. Mm. So, right. I got a question. What if you had, if someone were to design or you were to design a rite of passage for you right now, like for at this place in your life, what comes up? Wow. Wow. That's a wild one. Um, you know, I, I, one thing I know about myself is, so the first thing that comes up is extreme. Mm -hmm. Extreme. The older mm -hmm. I've gotten, I've done some crazy shit, man. I've been in some epics. I've been in some challenging situations. And if I really was going to, at this point in my life, I would want it to be fucking wild. Like, mm. you know, I don't know, like Alaska bush kind of wild or like, Australian outback, maybe not. Uh, no, I don't. I don't do reptiles, but like, um, <laughs> had too many dicey encounters with rattlesnakes for one life. Um, but yeah, something that's like extreme. That's you know, there's an element of danger. There's an element of I may, I'm probably coming home, but maybe I'm not. Hmm. Um, something about the edge of riding the edge of death that really wakes me up, you know, and has me feeling really um, alive, and so. Yeah, something that something with a level of intensity that would be um, unusual, while being held by just some like some very skilled guides. You know, there's a thing about those of us that work in this space. It's you know, I've been doing men's work for so long. It's rare that I find men that I trust enough to kind of surrender my own doubts and fears and my own kind of shortcomings too. Um, and some of that's my own kind of arrogance. I'll own that. But some of it is is true. Like I want to be held by somebody that in some ways is deeper than me, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that would be an element for my own rite of passage. And yeah, I think it is. I mean, there is a thing about death at this stage, right? Like I'm halfway yeah. there. I'm lucky. You know, I'm, I'm 45. And like, if I can live to 90, like, so it is like death is like it's close it gets closer and closer every day every moment and um there's so much power in that realization and um there's so much action <laughs> underneath that power right like um i just get more done when i'm when i'm out of my creature comforts off of the devices and 
exposed to the elements where the, that I have to really focus where I'm placing my foot or, you know, where I'm, you know, just taking care of base. So, yeah, you know, it's wild. I mean, this is, I'm not sure exactly what order this episode will release, but you know, I've probably done 15 episodes for this show so far. Right. So we're just at the very beginning, but man, if there's one theme that's coming out past just the fatherhood, it's fucking death, man. It's, it's like laced. It seems to be laced right into this project of being a parent. Um, or maybe it's just, maybe subconsciously it's like what I'm obsessed with and it's coming out, but it doesn't, yeah. it seems to be coming out on its own volition, you know? And, um, yeah, we, you know, there's this thing about, uh, you know, the, the author, uh, David data, he writes about this quite a bit, right. Around men and death that there's something about masculinity that has this very close symbiotic relationship with death, right? There's the there's like quite our literal death where, you know, as warriors, as, as, you know, as our ancestors that were, or even those, those that are modern day warriors need to come to terms with their own death in order to like carry out their mission. Right. There's something like as men, that's kind of hardwired into us, this, this willingness to sacrifice. There's also this idea on a more like, I don't know if you want to like esoteric level that he writes about, about like, the masculine obsession with death and emptiness and nothingness, right? Mm. Feminine and all its beauty is like form. It's like all creation. It's the ocean and the flowers and the trees and the breeze on our face and the bamboo swaying and all the creatures is like, you know, it's all this kind of um, this manifest world. And then at a very kind of, cosmic level the masculine is emptiness it's the space it's the cosmos right and um in some ways maybe it goes back to this idea of of masculine burden right when we when we are wearing the weight of providing and protecting and the weight of leadership whether it's in the world or in our family there's some great relief about nothingness there's some great relief about the tiny death of putting you know, taking off the burden and just staring up at the stars or <laughs> watching the mm -hmm. game or, you know, mm -hmm. quote unquote fishing as we just stare into the water for an hour. You know, there's something about that nothingness that is a great relief. It's a good moment, isn't it? When you take the backpack off after a day. Jeez, that's a good, that's a good feeling. Uh, <laughs> um, the other thing that comes up here kind of just referencing, you know, you shared at the beginning here about who you were before becoming a dad and this sort of inherent um, self-interest, right? Which, which again, makes all the sense in the world. But I think what <laughs> I was talking to a buddy maybe last week or two weeks ago, and I think if you, I'm not saying this is right, but if you take that a little bit further, and so if your life, you know, your energy, your attention, your nutrients, you know, most of your the beginning of your life go into yourself, right? And then, and then a you know a child comes up, and now it just feels like, well, I'm just a pass through, right? At this point, anything generated passes through, and it's 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 them, right? And just on a biological level, right? And so, uh, from a dark point of view, it's just like, yeah, well, as soon as that life force comes out, as soon as that child is here, well, 
it feels to me like it literally marks a much more clear sense of dying. <laughs> like, okay, I'm dying now. Like I'm not, I'm not shoveling these resources to me anymore, you know? And, and in that sacrifice is some sort of like willingness to fade away. Wow. That's beautiful. But, I mean, it's the, yeah. I mean, if we look at it from an evolutionary perspective, that's absolutely the case, right? Mission accomplished. We've replicated ourselves, right? And now we can, you know, ride off into the sunset or dissolve into the earth. And at this point in time, we have so much time as a, like, you know, we're, we're not having kids at 13, which we could, well, I had kids at 35, right? It's, that's a long time. And the, you put that together with like the intent for self-awareness. And then you just got this like really long self-involved fucking like thing going on. And yeah, anyway, that, that evolutionary sort of, um, and then I think that that's for which a lot of men that, yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say, which is why, you know, I have sadness in my heart that we don't have a more revered place for our elders, right? We're in an era mm -hmm. where there is, there are more elders than there's ever been. And the role has been more diminished than it's ever been. Yeah. And what a, you know, how could our world be different? Our culture be different if the wisdom of those that are still with us miraculously, right? It's, as you say, like life expectancy just keeps going up and, but our elders just keep getting pushed off to the side and put away in homes and kind of, we don't see them in the way that even when I was a kid, we saw, we saw elders. And so, um, you know, I think there's an opportunity, you know, there culturally. Oh man, is there ever, I mean, that's, uh maybe when you and I are losing teeth and old, we'll have to, uh, or maybe somebody could do this. Maybe somebody else can do this, but I could, but I could see a men's, um, something being put together, which it intentively brings, I don't know if that's a word or not, but, uh, purposefully brings together, um, the elder community, right. And in, into these circles. And I know it does happen, right. I mean, it, there's often an elder, um, but yeah, it'd be it'd be it'd be pretty fun to brainstorm uh, a similar rite of passage or something for that that really incorporates the the elders into it. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Well, I think we've walked from the beginning of life to the end of life in in some <laughs> sense. I, I said one last question for you, just because I don't want to not touch on it at all, but. Um, right. In this whole milieu of fatherhood, of masculinity, of you know, all the things we're talking about, I'm I'm curious if leadership is going to come out in your training. Is is that is that any this weekend you're doing? And if not, be, beyond. I'm just curious. Like obviously that's a big term, and I'm and I'm inserting it at the very end. But I'm just curious on you know one pass at it here. How does leadership or this the the capacity to lead fit into this? For you yeah i think it's implicit it's not an explicit um thread maybe a, maybe a better way to answer that is the way that i relate to it with my own children right um mm -hmm. one of the one of the things i say to my kids every day when i drop them off at school is i say be a good leader today you know people mm -hmm. are looking for you you to make good decisions make the right decisions and there's a way in which we, I think we can cultivate that in our mm -hmm. children, right? The sense of 
you're not you, like other people are watching what you're doing. You have the capacity to influence the people around you purely by naming it, but also inherently like some kids like my son, like he's just one of these like super charismatic people that has a lot of energy and <laughs> he can, he can kind of flip a switch and the group goes one way or flip mm. switch and it goes the other way. And yeah. so just naming and, and kind of helping fundamentally, I think one of the ways that I've tried to teach leadership is like your actions and your words have an impact and mm. you can, you have a choice about that impact, right? Like which way do you want it to go? And, um, I'm hoping that both allows him to like make good decisions, but also recognize his or her, same for my daughter, recognize her leadership, recognize mm -hmm. that she is a leader. Yeah. Oh man. Well, next time we chat, I'm going to follow up with a question about um, fathers and daughters or fathers and children and the, and the decision to just do father and sons. Anyway, we'll save that for another time. Um, Luke, this has been, I, we could just, What's that? It's in the pipeline. We'll we'll do we'll do father daughter. We're gonna do mother son. We got you know we've got all sorts of ideas. And once we get the this first view off the ground, so amazing. So tell us tell us specifically when and where. Um, and I think we're gonna have this out in time. That if people are interested, where where can we find out more? Uh, that'd be great. Yeah. So the the first event is April fourteenth through sixteen in Cobb Mountain, California. Uh, we have another one September 29th through October 1st in Colorado. The experience is called the Father-Son Connection Experience. The website is fathersonconnection.com. Um, and if anybody has any questions, they can reach out to me uh, through the website. Um, I also, I totally forgot to mention that I have my own podcast called Crazy Wisdom, and we've done several episodes in this theme of rites of passage and parenthood. So you can also check out um, check out that podcast crazy wisdom amazing all right man this is this has been wonderful i look forward to more in the future and yeah thanks for sharing your time and your energy and your 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 wisdom here and um yeah um godspeed to your your fathers and sons that come out man they're lucky thank you so much all right take care i'm deeply appreciative of your time and attention and uh please check out Luke and his work. Uh, if you are a father and you have some young ones, we will continue pointing to more resources for fathers uh, who want to grow in all kinds of ways. Uh, but just to highlight it again, if you're a dad with a boy, anywhere in that age range, you got Luke's programs, you got my program. Um, these are the things that this investment will pay, literally pay off for the rest of your life and hopefully your son's life. And um, if you're curious, reach out. Let's chat. Uh, thank you for listening, uh, and and please stick around. We're gonna we're gonna take this show uh, onward. So be well.